Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me, Steve Harmison, looking back at day two of the third Ashes test. There'll be a day three. I'm not sure there'll be a day four or five, though. An incredible last hour, completely turning the day on its head. A day that you could say England still won, sort of. Let's look back at uh, an incredible last hour and a fascinating day that preceded it here on Following On. So if you're listening to the show, you know by now, I'm sure that uh, England bowled beautifully today. Jimmy Anderson, four for 33, arguably the best he's ever bowled in Australia and uh, and supported really well. Um, There was variety, uh, there was perseverance, there was skill. And Australia, Marcus Harris aside, <clears throat> struggled. Next highest score after Harris's 76 was Travis Head's 27 uh, on the day, that is. David Warner made 38 on day one. Um, and Australia posted 267, a lead of 82, um, which uh, they were more than happy with because it meant that they had an hour to bowl at England. And boy, did they make it count. Uh, four wickets falling. Two in and over twice. Stark on a hat-trick. Boland with two wickets in uh, on his home ground. And they weren't even the best bowler. Uh, Patrick Cummins. Absolutely insane spell of new ball bowling. And uh, once again, England has had absolutely no answer. So here we are at the end of day two. Uh, England's still trailing by 51. Six wickets left. Root at the crease. And uh, the Ashes, I think we can now safely say, are over. Story of the day. Oh, yeah. I, honestly, last night, I was, yesterday I was tired. I was disappointed. I was dejected because of some of the decision-making that the England batsmen 
had um, had met. Today, honestly, I, I can't believe the day we've had. It's been it's been an enthralling game of Test mm-hmm. match cricket, and a one like you you mentioned rightly in the opener. Did England win it? Because session by session, I thought they won the first one. 60 for two in the second one. I thought that was England's because two two very, very good middle order batsmen out, stopped the run rate, scoring run rate, first innings of a test match, 60 for two. I think that's an England session. Yeah. And, and then they, and they only led by 15 at that point as well. Yeah, only led by 15. I thought I thought if anything, it's a little criticism of, of Joe's captaincy, a little criticism of... But I can also understand that he's tried to get Leach in the game and he's tried to build, possibly build Leach's confidence because he, he knows he needs him for further down the line and it, it, he needed a bowl. But coming back on straight after, first over, after the, the break, I think it was a lunch break, I thought that was a... Wood bowl the first over, then Leach came on. I thought that was an Anderson for two, definitely. You had to bring your best bowler on there for two overs, and then you bring Leach into the game. Um, that would be the only criticism I had of the day towards uh, or towards England, to be honest. Because even at the end, they were blown away. They were blown away. But you know, first, you know, first things first. Anderson was magnificent. Again, we go back to the same old. It's well, same old, same old for England. Yeah, you know, Anderson performs unbelievably well and when he got labelled a few years ago that he can't bowl he can't bowl abroad well you just look at the spells he bowled in Sri Lanka you look at what he did in India on flat flat pitches yeah and then in this game again he was he was mesmerising with skill um, with accuracy um, with discipline and he probably deserved if it would have been fitting for him to deserve a fire for but I also thought Mark Wood deserved more than the two wickets he got as well, because I thought the the effort that Mark Wood put in, the pace that he bowled consistently, very, very quick, aggressive into length. Um, he could have bowled a bit more nastier towards the tail enders. I think he needs to get that in his armory that when he gets eight, nine, ten, eleven in, he needs to he needs to start bowling from chest up and not from knee down. Um and I think yeah, they're the, the the sort of only negative little things that 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 happened for me in that bowling department today. Robinson looks as though he needs a rest, um, and that's not anything against him. I just think he's he's had to he's had to field what ten out ten out of eleven days in a row uh, in Ashes cricket in the infancy of his career. I think he's bowled his heart out. I think he's bowled some good lengths. Leach looked looked short. Leach looked he looked wrong of line. Yeah, length was poor. Pierce was, and it wasn't until the back end of his spell that he he started to get something something going. I thought England bowled very very well to bowl England to bowl Australia out for under three hundred, even on a pitch that was doing a bit in a, in the first innings of a Test match in Australia. I thought that was a great effort. And then wow, Pat Cummins. Mm. I've just said that on breakfast. I've just said that on breakfast. That must be like wearing number nine. For Barcelona, in the height of my uh, Lionel Messi, because all that Boland and Stark had to do was land it somewhere <laughs> close to off stump, and they were going to get wickets because Pat Cummins, that was ferocious, that was aggressive in the length, that was, yeah, that was making somebody play six out of six, 
and that was asking yeah serious questions and if anybody doubted test match cricket that was test match cricket at its best throughout the day was it test match cricket at its best but the last 25 minutes was hostile um it was it was noisy for the crowd um and i think we've probably seen in that 25 minutes what england cricket team are unfortunately that we're possibly not good enough to play and compete at this level and that worries me a little bit where do you rate that spell from cummins because for me i i found it exhilarating um that first over i thought was just he he had all the tricks um you know hamid basically hitting his arm guard looping over first or second slip then cutting Crawley in half going past the outside edge there was wobble balls there was 90 mile an hour uh, off cutters there was you know and you know he's he's not necessarily trying to bowl a batsman out is he he's he's aiming at the body he's aiming at the edge he's trying to get this the splice of the bat he's the slip cordoner ready and they were barking as well. I mean, it's been a, a nice series, but they knew that was their moment. You could see all of the Aussies were up for it. They were on the, it, the noise. was just incredible. Must've been how to play that. But for me, watching Crawley and Hamid, I just thought you haven't got a chance, you know, and that's no disrespect to Crawley because he hasn't played in two and a half months. How on earth can you ever in your wildest dreams, come to the conclusion that he has got the game to face up to that when he hasn't picked up a bat in anger in two and a half months. Not that I'm saying Burns would have done any better, but, and Hamid, I'm sorry, just looks so, so horribly short of where he needs to be. It's, it's almost like he's, he's in a dream and he's about to wake up in a minute and he's going to say, you can't believe what I was dreaming last night. I was facing Pat Cummins and, you know, the MCG in front of 40,000. You know, then they're off to school. Yeah, uh, it's that's, it, that's it, not it, a dream; that's a nightmare. <laughs> well, I tell you why; it's, it's a bit of both. I think. You know, he's again. I, I, it was it was exceptional. It was mm. truly exceptional. It was, it was fast and frightening and furious and fiery and just they ripped the guts out of England tonight. Just after, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, essentially. I'm not sure if there were 90 overs today. Let's say there was 80 overs. England battled, battled, battled. And then Australia just in it literally four overs just went. Nope. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, I agree. I, that it's, it was a, it was a fantastic spell of bowling. It was, it was up there with the only thing that it didn't have was a wicket. Um, yeah, that's the that's the crazy. That's the that's the, the the frightening thing, and there's a few things in that. What I've said leading into it, what what worries me a bit, a bit about not us not being good enough, and probably were we weren't good enough to nick it. That's that's the issue from from Cummins's point of view. We couldn't get a bat on him because he's just far too good and he's relentless. And you try and wear it up, and and what I said, and this is not. I, this is not something that you know, to, to say this, uh, to have a go at the players or anything like that. This is just the reality is we just might not be good enough. That's something that we have to identify when we get home and we debrief this whole sorry Asher state, whether it was preparation 
you know, which was very, very poor, which was, you know, the, the situation we found ourselves leading into, you know, the World T20 before that, players not being able to play games, not having to go in into the series. But I don't think it would have made a great deal of difference. It would have made a bit of difference, but not a huge amount of difference when it comes to the skill level and the skill you know, ability to do and execute your skill sets, which probably just aren't good enough. And that, trying to work out how good Pat Cummins' spell was tonight over the, are England just not quite good enough? I think I think a lot of top voters, I think a lot of top voters would have been 31 for four at the end of today's play. But I think Pat Cummins would have got two wickets and not the Boland or the, or the Stark. Bear in mind, I was on commentary at the time. Yeah, I do the last, I do the last sort of 40 minutes commentary for BT because Mark Rambakash has to go and do another show for, for BT mm. when it goes into the extra half an hour. So me and Dan Norcross do the last half an hour of, of the, the extra half an hour of the day's play. And I was on commentary when that was happening and that was unfolding. And I was actually taking Mitchell Stark off. 2.3 overs, Stark was coming off because he bowled three overs with a brand new ball in the first innings. And Pat Cummins took him out of the attack because he didn't make Hasim Hamid play anything at one ball. He was bowling wide. He wasn't swinging it. He looked as though he was getting frustrated. And for 2.3 overs, he was actually doing the same. He couldn't get the ball to come back onto the off stump with swing, uh, swing on ship. And he, he wasn't just getting his lines and his lengths right. And then all of a sudden, he nicked off. And Pat Cummins, I'm sorry, Mitchell Stark is a bowler, a bit like Stuart Broad type, which once he gets on a roll, he just yeah. blows teams away. He goes through teams. And when he got Milan, who I, I, even now, I don't think Milan's seen that ball. Well, he I missed it. He missed it by half yeah. a foot. I don't think he's seen that ball yet. He's more First like ball, um, Mitchell Johnson, isn't he, Mitchell Stark? Yeah, a little bit more like Mitchell Johnson. When it's his day, um, he's almost I actually think he's got more skills than Mitchell Johnson. I think he's a better bowler than Mitchell Johnson. I think he's got more skills. I think Mitchell Johnson's got more aggression. I think yeah. Mitchell Johnson is. It would be horrible for the tail to face Mitchell. It's horrible for the tail, tail to face Mitchell Johnson. But I actually think skill wise, I think Mitchell Stark's a better bowler than than Mitchell Johnson. I meant, I meant more when um, they get onto it when they got on a run mentality. You know, yeah. they're just they're confidence players. They can be a bit hit and miss. Absolutely. And their radar can go, could both go a little bit awry. But when when on, I think that Johnson was a better test bowler and Stark probably a better ODI bowler. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I, the, I come back to the, the question about Pat Cummins' spell. I think India walk out there who batted brilliantly yesterday. You know, Keir Rahul, what an innings that was by Rahul. Rahani got a few and batted nicely and so had Agarwal. But I tell you what, them three plus Pajara plus Chloe. Can I say one thing? Tonight. One thing. I think they knocked them over. Oh, one thing, right? Boxing Day yeah. test last year, Australia bowled out for 195, and these same bowlers have same amount of time at the Indians, and India lose a wicket pretty much first ball, and they get through to stumps, and that set them. I remember they'd just been bowled out for 36. Mm. Um, and I, it sounds like I'm being smart, but I literally saw a tweet about it about yeah, an hour ago. But this is Ashes cricket. I think this is a different game, and I actually think the pitch is it's a different contest on this pitch. I think Cummins on this pitch, it's the a, harder it's a similar pitch. 
Because Poland after four, four years ago, they changed it because it was such yeah. a terrible. They got um under, would they get a poor rating or something? But the point, yeah. but the point is, is it was a ridiculously good spell of bowling, and I don't think there's any shame in what happened. Um, no, really. And also, I tell you what, I know, I I don't mean to sound like a whinging pom, but it had been sunny all bloody day. And then once again, as soon as England came out to bat, it started, started to cloud over. And it's well, like, this I tour, this tour point, from ball one has just been ridiculous. Yeah, everything's gone against them. The only thing that, you know, there was the, the Milan LBW, we, yeah, I thought Leach got one a same. Yeah. He got one the same. And I thought, you, are, you know what? Are we just, are we just, got our look back now are we starting to get the look and everything go with us but obviously it it doesn't happen and again it comes back to uh, this is for me in this test series so far is why we love test match cricket there's been some great test match cricket being played in here there's been passages where you know teams have had the the wood over the the bats had the wood over the ball but i think both bowling units are are very, very good, very, very skillful, very, very aggressive. If England made the right combinations, I don't think there would have been too much difference in the score line. The scores might have been a bit closer. I but agree. I, I, I think must that, admit, I think I actually think the England bowling unit was excellent today. I thought they were fantastic. And like look again, I don't want to sound like um I'm making excuses here, but you just when I was watching England bowl, you know, Steve Smith has not looked the the force that he has mm. done against England in the last four or five years. And I mean that you cannot disagree with that. Um Labashane is a good batsman, but you know, he has he been is. dropped he has been dropped he, fourteen five. I mean he got dropped at thirty five when he got hundred. I know he got dropped on no, he got dropped in twenty one and he got dropped he got dropped by Butler in twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. But, uh, but the thing is, like, I, I know, I just think if England had just bowled first at the Gabba, yeah. I would still England would still lose the series. They've they've lost two tosses, you know, and they've been pretty good tosses to win from an Australian perspective. You know, England England could have maybe got a draw out of Adelaide, and I'm not talking about if everything went their way. But if they just had got a couple of key decisions right with the, I mean, how Jack Leach, how just even now, I cannot work out how you pick Jack Leach to bowl on at the Gabba on a green seamer. And because he's so terrible, you then drop him for Adelaide, which is, yeah. and it was 35 degrees. And then, oh, oh anyway. And as much as, as much, and as much, John, as I've said, that root in Silverwood's uh, positions don't really come in question because it would be short-sighted thinking because I think we've got a system problem mm. in this country. I do look at some of the decisions that have been made and think, what on earth is going inside your head? Because little things, little just little things that have come into Root's captaincy, I think is... I think it's showing that some of our players aren't good enough and aren't performing well enough where he's, I think he's damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't. He's trying to get Leach into the series. He's trying to get a bowl into Leach. 
but he's not bowling well enough. He's bowling leech, and he's he's got no men round the bat. He's got that, everybody on the boundary. That, and, that was and, the thing. How many times have you seen that? Have you? How many times have you seen? I remember there was a game. I think I think Ali and Rashid were both playing, and Root brought himself on to bowl, and he gave himself more more fielders around the around the batter batsman than or batter than than the other the bowlers did. I've seen. He's a, you know he has killed a few spinners over the years, but I I don't want to get on a on a route because I feel I do feel a bit sorry for him. Um, mm. I think the, the bowling t- attacks they they match up pretty well, obviously and home advantage. Cameron Green's been a revelation, yeah, not just from the wickets but just the fact that they can throw him the ball and he essentially won't go for any runs at all. So he, he does just hold up and end. Eight overs, four maiders, one for seven. Yes. Yeah, and Stokes is Stokes is the other way. Stokes. Bowls eight overs and goes at sevens. Exactly, that's, ten overs. That's the struggle. That's the struggle for Ben to try and get match prep, match bowling. But he's he's normally expensive, but he normally picks up a wicket. And uh, the luxury of having that all rounder, and I said this right at the very start of the series, so it's not hindsight. That right at the very start of the series, basically when Ben became available, that it's great to have him back. Fantastic for the team. Great in the dressing room, you know that that colossal figure going out there in the batting batting department. But the, I said right at the very start, I wanted him to bat at number three because I didn't want him to be considered as a bowler. Because I thought if you consider him as a bowler, we then play Stokes hasn't bowled for six months, half a bowler, potentially going around the park. We haven't got a batting unit to to sort of have that luxury and then because we've got Stokes as a fourth seamer we have to then play the spin bowler and he goes around the park because no spinner really bowls that well other than this line in Australia so effectively we go with three seamers and two park bowlers and that is that has hampered us in our decision making for team selection um, decision making at toss at, at Brisbane um, but it doesn't get away from the fact that these we can go around, around, around about, talk about negatively on the position that England are in. When sometimes, you know, today you can say in that last hour, off your cap, they were brilliant. But we also have to re- have the realisation that in Test Match cricket, we might just not be good enough. And that is something that England, the ECB, and the management team have to take on the chin and try and work out how to be good enough because something needs to change. And I, I and I, I really don't know what the solution is. I really don't. You know, I've got a lot of ideas, but I'm not sure what the solution is. And I think that is the million-dollar question on how England come away from Australia and be in a position to go to Australia in four years' time. Not not like what we did in 2021, because in 2017, we were having these conversations then as well. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. What is going to happen tomorrow? Okay, Harmi, does... does a third test go to day four? I personally, the only reason that the only way that this test match goes past lunchtime tomorrow is if we have another outbreak or PCR tests are questionable and we start a bit later. We lose a wicket first thing tomorrow morning and they bowl like what they've just bowled like tonight. I don't see us lasting two hours. I really don't. There's only so much you can go back to that well. And I think this team has gone there so many times so far in these last 11 days. I don't think it's got much left. I really don't think it's got much left. Stokes goes first thing tomorrow morning. Or the worst thing can happen. Root goes first thing tomorrow morning. Besto goes in. And I'm, I'm being as honest as I possibly can here. I really am, guys. I, 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 I don't want to say this. But I've seen it far too many times with England. Besto goes in. This is not a great situation for Besto. He doesn't like going in when yeah, it's really pressured. It's on top of you. You've got to try and put a fire out and then regroup and go. Uh, he's a more front footer going forward. Uh, Besto could potentially get blown away. Where's Butler's head at at the minute? No idea. You know, this could be his last test match, really. And that's being honestly... And then you've got Mark Wood coming in at number eight, facing Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Scott Boland, the way they've just bowled tonight. Oh, I, think, I think if they lose a wicket in the first twenty minutes, this doesn't go by. This doesn't go by four a.m. tomorrow morning. And that is the stark reality of, unfortunately, actually two a.m. tomorrow morning. Stark reality of possibly where this England cricket team goes, and and I think it's a big and something I didn't really want to push too hard but does it does this take England getting beat badly really badly 
and get beat 5-0 for the powers that be in England and the ECB to wake up and realise something needs to change and the system of first-class cricket in this country, when it's played more often than not, more, you know, first and foremost, and do something about it because I think we are further away than where we were in 2015 with the white ball side than what we are now coming away kind of come away from Australia in 2021 with the red ball side that is scary well 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 well, sorry for a uh, slightly low-key and subdued following-on podcast today. We've had a couple of those recently, but uh, delighted that you have stuck with us. Um, tomorrow will be the Cricket Collective, the turn of Neil Manthorpe. Uh, it'd be fascinating to hear his thoughts uh, as an uh, impartial observer. I'm not sure he is impartial, but he's certainly an observer. Um, so, yes, that will be tomorrow's show, maybe a little bit about South Africa, India, which... Uh, Homie made mention of a few moments ago and uh, a look around at some of the other big stories, but there is only one story and uh, it could well be this time tomorrow, Australia are toasting another ashes triumph. Uh, certainly looks likely after in- England were bundled out for 31 for four uh, at stumps facing just 12 overs. And what until that point had been um, the best day of the series for England. Anyway, Harmi, you go and have some sleep. You're back on BT duty uh, later on today. And uh, yeah, see you tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.